Hey, clan, you like getting good deals, right? I know I do. Well, head to our great partners, Castle Massey's website, and get 30% off their entire line of products when you use the coupon code OUTLANDERCAST at checkout. All I had to do was reach out and touch it. But did I? No. I stood there with freedom within my reach. And hesitated like an idiot. Because after all that, I still loved her. Then you do indeed understand what I know. That's what I'm telling you, man. That's what I'm trying to tell you, man. I understand. But the difference is, I've learned something from my pain. I've changed. It's the saying where I come from. Look out for number one. Not from now on, that's me. And if you're smart, you'll do the same. Turn your back on love and take your freedom. Save yourself. Because if you don't, (laughs) no one ever will. All the way from Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to OutlanderCast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. How's it going? My name is Mary Larson. My name's Blake, and I never would have stopped running. I would have just kept going. Oh I would have I I ran to California. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> you would have ran right back to those stones and said, enough of this crap. I'm gonna get myself a shower. You know what I want? A Boston cream pie, and it's a heck of a lot closer <laughs> to New York than it is Scotland, so I'm gonna stay here, <laughs> head to Beantown. There is legitimately no way I would be... I, I, that guy could have screamed till, till his death, and he would have, and I still would not have stopped. You know... Watching this, you're sitting there going, "Roger, Roger, honey, what are you doing? What What are you gonna do? What What can you do at this point, Roger? Mm -hmm. Please, sweetheart, like, no, ain't gonna be good. (laughs) Poor thing. Well, before we get into the rest of the show, we want to make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all by searching the title Outlander Cast. We would also love for you to become an official member of the Outlander Cast Clan at OutlanderCastClan.com. There you get great benefits, extra off-to-doc podcast episodes, access to special Outlander Cast giveaways, which you'll hear more about at the end of this episode, free swag, and much more. And remember also that if uh, well, not if, when this uh, uh, drought lander comes to a beginning. Stop. That's a swear. It is. It, it is a, a swear A week from word. now, guys. It is happening. It, it is happening. Remember that Mary and I do- We're a, still here. We are still here. We do a ton of other things as well. You can find everything that we do, I all the podcasts. I have a really good idea of what I want to do. Okay. All right. We have all the other- Do you want to say it now or do you want to wait? We'll wait. Okay. You find all the other podcasts and all the other blogs and everything that we do right at maryandblake.com. And for social media and YouTube purposes, just search the handle Mary and Blake. We are there. And right now we're doing our podcast for This Is Us. It is called This Is Us 2. So again, if you do like what Mary and I do for you and we bring enough value to you in the Outlander world... We try to bring the same value for all the other shows that we talk about, which is This Is the, this is Us, uh, Gilmore Girls, The Leftovers, uh, tons of other things as well. So check us out at maryandblake.com. Marvin, are you ready? You betcha. Let's do it. All right, all right, all right. Let's get into the episode details. This one's called Providence because obviously they listen to Mary and Blake and they wanted to give us a shout out to be like, you know what? We might as well just, you know, 
throw that little high five, throw them a bone, you know, a little something for the effort, you know, if you will. Uh, (laughs) No, actually, honest to God, I can't figure out why this is called Providence. I can't. What? I, I, you tell me why it's called Providence. Well, because there was a priest, and so he had that whole God thing hanging over his head where he was like, I can't, I can't, because I can't baptize the baby. It's just not okay. Yeah, but the way the Providence is defined as the the guiding touch, the guiding way of God. It's like, it's it's fate is, by, is given to you by God. It, he is showing you the way. That is Providence. I don't understand. I mean, is is it providence because the guy chose to follow God's path? I, I just, I don't understand it. I don't really know. I just, I took it as this is a religious episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I true. You know, I, I didn't go that deep, but I understand you're saying there's a little confusion. So maybe one of, you know what, if any listeners listening have yeah, any ideas I mean, about why it is titled Providence, bring it on up. If you can explain to me why this is specifically called Providence through the lens of the guiding touch of God, I'm happy to hear it. We're putting a call out to the nerds. Guys, come to us. Uh, the writer was Karen Campbell. And you know what? I want to say... Good job, Karen. I think this was Karen's best. <laughs> uh, yes, I would, would say that it's her agree? best as well. I mean, this is way better than Creme de Menthe. This like, is this is way better than Do No Harm. Yeah. Like, people were dreading this episode because Karen Campbell's episodes have not been fan favorites. So I'm actually quite pleased with how this one came out. Um, I really think that many aspects of this episode uh, were beautiful and are ones that are moments that are really going to stand out to us that we're going to be referring to and thinking back to. So uh, high five, Karen. High five. She also wrote Uncharted as well. Yeah, which is another one that a lot of people hated. A lot of people liked it. But a lot of people hated that one. I, I liked Uncharted. I, again, you know, like it, it was it was good. But the Karen Campbell episodes have been some of the most hated. They've episodes. been much maligned. <laughs> yes, they, I mean, you exactly. Like we liked Uncharted, but people hated it. A lot of people did. So yes. I'm happy that Karen did this episode because I feel like there's less less hate. There's less hatred. Yeah, I, I think she's she's two and two. Uh, in my opinion. Okay, and who is the director? Uh, Marzi Almas. She directed the last episode, uh, and I actually think she did a, a pretty good job in this, oh, this episode. I completely agree. My goodness, those uh, last shots especially. Yeah, and the DP was Stain Van Der Veeken, as we always like to call out. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you got for your kilt rating, my Mary? My kilt rating was a 4.7, a really solid episode. I personally am quite pleased with how they ended up doing a lot of aspects of this plot line. Um, there, things were different in the book, and they they, they kind of extended some parts mm-hmm. um, and changed things around in that jail area. So I'm sitting here now saying, oh, okay, they can wrap things up next episode. So I'm very happy. I, I loved a lot of aspects of this episode. A couple of things I was meh about. Uh, we'll get into that later. How about you? What was your kilt rating on a scale of one to five kilts? I'm giving this one a four three. Uh, and I'm giving I'm giving it a four three, and I know I'm going to get killed for this, and I'm and I'm fine for it. Is it just because it's Karen? No, no, not at all. Um, it, it's <laughs> ha- it's multiple reasons. I know. I, I think um, because this I it, it's the placement of this episode. Mm-hmm. This is the penultimate episode for season four. You know, it's the second to last one. This is when all of your storylines collide. This is when everything gets itself into gear, and you're like, okay, bring us home into the finale. And I think for the most part, it it. It does that relatively. Yeah. But it's a very pretty episode. I think it's shot very well. I think there's a lot of great attention to detail, especially in Mohawk Village. But for me, it's just full of conveniences, contrivances, and just confusion for me. And that's why I give it a 4-3. And you alliteration. I know. It's because I'm awesome. Um, But we'll get into that in a little bit. Mary, what do you got for your GBG? Okay. My good for this episode was Marsley. You know that phrase, everyone needs a Murtaugh? I actually think it now needs to be everyone needs a Marsley. Because no offense, Murtaugh. I mean, you're sweet and you're such an old coot. But like, you kind of stink this season (laughs) in regards to like, do I need you in my life? I mean, yes, I want him in my life all the time. Mm -hmm. But... You know, you're being a little, you're stirring the pot too much, buddy. Just just chill out on the ridge and take care of Clarence. You don't need to be a regulator. Right now, I am so in love with Marsley's character. Mm-hmm. She is such a go-getter, taking care of her man, love taking it. care of her baby. However, Marsley, is that the safest way to care for your babe? 
just sticking in the back of the cart. There are no... No straps. No straps, no car seat, nothing like that. Poor thing. That little babe's just going for a ride. Um, but I'm a huge fan of Marsley. I, I love... took a shop corner, you know? like That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm like, nothing is strapped down. There's no bungee cords. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she... I, I love her character. I love how she's really been able to stand um, up to these men and be an active part. And right. she had this plan. You know, behind every strong man, there's an even stronger woman. That's right. And that's the Fergus Marshall loving it. Uh, my bad. And a lot of you may not feel the same way, but as a musician, I need to say this. The choice of Adagio for oh, strings yes, was, yes, is yes. my bad. Oh, is thank my you. bad. Because first and foremost, Adagio for strings is an incredibly beautiful piece. Okay. It is stunning. You can't help but want to cry when you listen to it. It's on many of my mix CDs that I've gotten from friends, and I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Thanks for making me cry. But the reason that I wouldn't do it is that pretty much everyone watching this show has seen Platoon, okay? <laughs> Yep. Adagio for strings fits in Platoon. And if you can't forget Platoon, if you can't unsee Platoon, you're not going to want Adagio for strings anywhere else. It's one best picture. You can't forget it. So so Adagio for strings for me is Platoon on screen. Thank you. And I'm sitting here saying, are you flipping kidding me that you're putting Adagio? Like, I understood America the Beautiful. Very interesting choice. I find that Adagio for strings is like Pachelbel's Canon and D at Weddings overused get a new piece of music and you have Bear freaking McCreary with all of his bear flair are you telling me that Bear McCreary couldn't have scored an equally beautiful I mean maybe not equally but a, a beautiful sad piece I disagree he absolutely that's could have I'm done saying. it that's what I'm saying I'm saying whoever made this choice to not let Bear McCreary Score oh. this piece of the episode they is a, a damn out. fool. They need a timeout. Bear McCreary is one of the best composers in our day and age, and you didn't let him try to be impactful. You'd put in the Pachelbel Canon in D equivalent of crying music. Yep. Poor choice. Love Adagio <laughs> for strings. Yes, that scene still made me cry, but I was thinking about Platoon, and I was saying Absolutely. shame. Absolutely. Shame, shame. This should have been Bear McCreary's job. Mm-hmm. Um, Bear McCreary should have made me Wait, cry. whoever made that decision gets Seriously. this. I'm sorry, Bear. I'm sorry that they didn't give you that job. You're probably sitting there being like, are you flipping kidding me? This yep. would have been everyone's favorite track on my CD. Um, okay. <laughs> um, my great was Rick Rankin's performance. I was going back and forth. I had another great. I'll give it a shout out later. But Rick Rankin, you know, we've been hating on Roger as uh, as a TV show character. They have not done him justice. And frequently he's just shown up being beaten up. Mm-hmm. And he was amazing in this episode. Yep. I did not see Rick. I saw Roger. Totally and we got agree. to have so much time with Roger and we got to flesh him out so much more than we got to all season long. His performance in this episode was such a believable Roger McKenzie. Mm-hmm. And so all the props to Rick Rankin. How about you? What was your GBG? My good was, uh, like you, uh, Mary, it's the stuff with Magus. Oh my God, right? Can uh, we be their besties? I absolutely want to be their besties. Can I come over besties. for a charcuterie board? I will hold your baby. I'm the baby whisperer. All right? I mean, obviously I will your baby get doesn't it to cry. Nap. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm getting a real sense of their marriage. You know, how far that they have come. They, they've become a team. Some, a, a, a team that gives each other exactly what they need for each other. And I like how they find themselves in the shadow of Jamie and Claire. And they both ask themselves, what would what would they do? What would they do right now? And I love that because that is exactly, in my opinion, a lot of the things that married couples go through, especially when you're newly married and you're figuring yourself out and you're figuring your own marriage out mm-hmm. and you're trying to emulate. I, I, I know when we first got married and even to this day, my darling, we still try to emulate a couple that we know that's older than us uh, because like they're, they just, it's oh like hashtag, hashtag relationship yes, goals. Yes. You know, and we always say to ourselves, okay, what would these people do? Yes. And we're like, and, and, and like, that's how we base like half of our movements. You know, it's, I mean, the problem is they're like extremely wealthy multimillionaires. And yes. that's why we're like, oh, that's why they get to travel so much. Yes. <laughs> but, we'll just sit here and have peanut butter jelly in our backyard. <laughs> yeah, but, be, but beyond that, I mean, yes. they're just good people. They, are they have great. They have a great, amazing yes. relationship. And, you know, we do the same thing that they do. Uh, uh, what, what Mark, 
Vargas is doing. They and, and they try to figure it out. And I love that she is an active member in this relationship. She, instead of being like, remember Skylar in Breaking Bad? All she did was oh, just bust mope. Walt's ball, balls. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, no, no. And everybody hated Skylar. Yep. Even me. I hated Skylar. But Marsley is like, you want to break a guy out of jail? Well, to be okay. honest, I think this is what get, gets Marsley on. Okay. Oh, she yes. She knew Far- Fergus when he was kind of like, you know, shadily, like selling the whiskey mm-hmm. and doing all crazy kind of things. She's about that life. She's about the like, oh, I want the bad boy. She wants the thug oh, life. But you know, you know that once they get to wherever <laughs> they're going, she's going to be like, you want to make another baby? Let's have a German that was, part that two. That was crazy. You know it. She's down, You know, man. when she pulled that rope, you know, and oh. tied the, she was, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Giddy up. Giddy up. Okay, what was your bad? <laughs> uh, uh, a tie for me. Uh, the first one. Blake, that's not fair. No, it is fair. It's I, totally fair. I think that you should have one bad and then you can mention the other one later, but sure. It's you know tie. what? You've got one more week. Let's go. Thank you. Uh, the keys just happen to drop right in front of Stephen Bonnet where he can get them. Just happen to drop there out of nowhere. What are we doing? We can't come up with a more organic way to have him be able to escape or be free of the jail before it blows up. Because, of course, we all know that Stephen Bonnet lives. We all know that he's going to survive this blast. He gets out just in time. He probably went out the back door instead of the front door. You, you know he's going to be alive. They're not going to kill him off. And it, it obviously sets up some kind of confrontation either for the end of this season or the beginning of next season. Um, and it's just they telegraphed it so much, and I and it's just too convenient for me. And I, and I wish they came up with a better way. But me, for me, the real bad, the real bad is Adagio for strings. Oh my like gosh. you said, it's it really is. I, I didn't even read this, so no, I'm you really didn't. happy. I love Adagio for strings. Samuel Barber, his pen must have had magic fairy dust when he wrote it. The the music His, his gods, pen always had magic fairy dust. I love his th- pieces. This is very specifically oh, yeah. amazing. Uh, it, it must have been touched by the music gods when he wrote it. Like th- That was Providence, okay, when he was writing. <laughs> Maybe that's why it was titled that. Yeah, I know. But it's gorgeous, it's emotional, and it evokes all kinds of reactions when one listens to it or when you put it over on top of a screen and you watch something to it. It can be happy, it can be sad, it can be remorseful, it can be angry, it can be scary if you want it to be. It it, it encompasses everything. Mm -hmm. But using it here? Using it in Outlander? Really? I mean, like Mary said, you have one of the best composers in the business at your disposal. In the business! It's Bear McCreary. And you just say, eh, screw it. We're gonna we're gonna go with um, this cliche ridden piece that's been used in other films like ad nauseum. I mean, just off the top of my head, you said you said it was used in Platoon. You're right, Mary, it was. But off the top of my head, I could think of other movies. It was used in Amelie. It was used in the Scarlet Letter. It was used in Lorenzo's oil. And that's just films. Never mind television. Never mind other uh, uses like I, when when Kennedy was assassinated, they played that over the airwaves, right? At, at, during his memorial, you know, it's not like how they've chosen other music. It's not like how they used Batman. It's not like how they used "A Hard Rain's Gonna Fall" or even "America the Beautiful," because those pieces had something to say. It added it added uh, commentary or subtext to what's happening on the screen, but more importantly, what's happening to our characters within the story itself. And what are the showrunners trying to say well, by using Adagio for strings? Oh, they're, they're, I think they're trying to say this is like the saddest moment ever in this entire yeah, book. Yeah, but that doesn't add but, any other commentary. That, that, piece can, that piece isn't... It's not just... That is not adding a commentary. It, it, yes, it feels sad. It's a very pretty song, but it's not adding anything. I mean, if you want somebody I think to be it totally sad, added. I think it totally added. I think it brought so many people to tears. I think that it was very impactful for that scene. I just think that they could have done the same thing. They could have made us cry. They could have done all these things with, with Bear, Bear McCreary. McCreary. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Don't use this cliche ridden piece. Yes. Use Bear McCreary. Okay. We understand. Both you and I. 
don't look at our things on this piece. The great, um, the great was having the balls. We to did say, to send this episode to Bear just to let him know. I know we've seriously. got you back, Bear. Uh, great was having the balls to sideline Jamie and Claire in the penultimate episode Elaborate. of the season. You know, like I said, this is when you're supposed to be building momentum for the finale. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to make all the stories collide, and you're supposed to force uh, the finale to be the final act. This is when th- everything comes together, and they just say, "Nope, we're not doing that. We're going to spend more time with with our characters outside of Jamie and Claire." And the funny thing is, is that it can work, and it does work in a lot of different places. But just taking your main characters the reason why yep. everybody loves this show and saying nah <laughs> screw you we're going to sideline you we're going to we're going to let you we're going to let you ride a horse with a little vo yeah and that's it i really like the balls that it takes to do that uh because in order to care about our characters outside of Jamie and Claire Jamie and Claire have to take a step back they have to you can't have everything all at once. You need to give these guys time. Did it? Was it the most successful um, use of these characters? I think there's a debate there. But you know what? I appreciate the guts that it took to just focus on Jamie and Claire. And that is my great. Okay. Well, it's time to jump into the episode recap. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Taking a sigh. Okay, what's this big, great sigh about, my darling? Why are you taking this deep sigh? <sighs> okay, I need to get something off my chest. Okay, what do you got? I love you, Lord John Gray. <laughs> I love you so much. I want to swoon every time you're on, on the screen. And <laughs> the problem is, is that I think Bree's in love with you. <laughs> the fact that... I know, I know you are. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I think so many people watching this show... I know are, I am. Yeah. Whether you... I mean, even in the books you might already be, but like then watching this show, you're like, dang, dang, David. Um, so the <laughs> I love that Lord John Gray, against every single instinct with inside of him, takes the journey to go to the jail, even though he's saying, Bree, this is a terrible idea. I don't think we should be going to see Bonnet. I don't think a woman in your condition being pregnant, going through everything you're going through, should go see him. But I will oblige. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, you're the best babysitter ever. <laughs> best fiance, everything. Takes her and then obviously has amazing cute banter, which makes us all want to ship Brie and Lord John Gray. Mm-hmm. Like for a moment, I'm like, uh Roger turned around. It's going to be okay. <laughs> like, he, they, he is doing such a great job helping us fall in love with Lord John Gray, if you weren't oh, already yes. in love with him. Yep. And then how he stands um, aside and doesn't let the soldiers know where the ruffians went, a.k.a. Mersley. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, like... I, I just can't handle how much I love this man and how much I'm really loving the relationship between he and Bree. Mm-hmm. It is a little bit of a difficulty because when and if we ever get Roger back, I mean, he just made a really stupid decision to run back to the Mohawk Village, but mm-hmm. when and if he ever comes back, I'm really sitting there saying, um, you know, Larchon Gray's not too bad. <laughs> if he's this good as a fiance, we already know he's a great dad. I, it's... I'm loving. I'm just loving the the relationship between he and Bree that they're able to show on screen. I, it's it gives me mixed feelings, but I love it. I I couldn't agree with you anymore, Mary. I, I I absolutely could not, and I cannot agree with you anymore because of David Barry, the job that he's done, but also the feeling of comfort. And even the writers have this bit that they put in the episode where the, where he's where, impossible not to like. You're impossible yeah. to not to like. It's almost like they're they're begging you. To like Lord John, and they don't even need to. They're like, we dare you. Yeah, like, we dare you not to like this guy. It's it's a great bit of like meta commentary on the episode and on the character himself. He he is a noble guy, and you know, as just a show watcher only, I can say that I don't care if Roger and Bree get back together. I don't care. In fact, if if Lord John and Bree just stayed together and Roger just went off on his way into the Mohawk, I wouldn't be disappointed. Isn't that so terrible? It to is say? terrible. I, I mean, like. I mean, you would feel bad for Roger. You would feel bad for Roger. No, I wouldn't. Because he made that choice. Because he made the choice to go back. Wow. 
If he made the choice to leave and he got captured again, absolutely would feel bad. But he wow. made the choice to go back. And this is why I'm saying this episode, while it's very good in many ways, it actually reminds me quite a bit of last year's penultimate episode. Okay. Where it's like, there's so much to love, but there's so much to be like, what are we doing? Well, you know, I think it's lining things up too that we're going to have a very conflicted Brie. I think that that's an important thing that I want to make sure you all feel and know is that she doesn't know who's the daddy of her baby. She's pretty sure it's Bonnet. Um, (laughs) She's now been without her husband for, I don't know, how long has this been? I mean, nine months pretty much, like, you know? What do you mean? I mean, Raj has been gone oh, okay. from her right, life eight, nine months. She's looking, she's uh, yeah, looking at the pretty. Least. Yeah. yeah. Well, not at the least. There's no baby. You can only be pregnant for like 10 months. A valid point. So she's like she's like a good solid eight months right now. Sure. She's, she doesn't have the full out waddle. <laughs> she's not waddling. So I, I'm saying she's a good eight months pregnant right now. She hasn't gone full penguin yet. No, no. <laughs> but here she is with the best. I mean, it's so flipping awkward because, you know, he's in love with her, her dad. He's pretty much like the best version of Snape possible. Like, this is how Snape should have taken care of Harry Potter. Not been a, a crappy teacher. and You're a wizard, Harry. But like, love on him. In a non, you know. In, in a non-sexual way. Yeah, well, that's how Lord John Gray is with Brie. It's, it's non-sexual. And he's just like super sweet and loving. And of course, I'll do this for you because I love your parents. But the difference is that Snape hated Harry's dad. So there's no way. Yeah, but Lord John Gray isn't, well, he's like appreciates Claire. But he thinks Claire's a little bit of a bee sometimes. Yes. <laughs> and he knows it. And he even admits it. He's like, you know, I even kind and of he's miss jealous. Mom. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I sit here and I'm like, this is how, this is what Snape should have done. This is how it should have gone down in Harry Potter. Would have been a very different storyline. <laughs> very different storyline. And I, I kind of want to go Oreo method again in this episode, if you don't mind. Would that be okay? Yes. Okay. So. One of the things that I really liked about this episode that I thought worked very, very well was the whole thing with Stephen Bonnet, for the most part. Bree going to confront Stephen Bonnet, I think, is a very good, active, um, or proactive protagonist. Something that she is taking into her own hands and saying, I need to do this. Now, is it as a result of her dad writing this letter? Sure. And does it, is it fair of Jamie to say, can't kill the guy, you need to forgive him, you need to forgive yourself, you need to move on? Is it fair of Jamie to say that while he's planning to kill no. Bonnet? No. no. But it is sound advice. If Jamie lived by his own advice, it would make complete sense. But but maybe that's why, because Jamie's done it the other way, and he knows it doesn't stop the demons in your head. Totally agree. But if he didn't, if he still didn't have this plan to kill Bonnet, <laughs> want to kill Bonnet it, it would, would be it would be like really sound advice. Yes, and it yes. is sound advice. It, it's like it, it, he really did learn. Just killing the guy isn't going to make it go away. In fact, it's going to make you feel worse. Probably. Maybe he wants to sell him to the Mohawk. <laughs> Not going to kill him. Not going to kill him. Just going to sell him for another big another puka necklace or whatever it's called. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and I actually got this really... So me and Ian can have matching ones because they're totally bros by this point. I got, I got this really cool Silence of the Lambs feel when she was walking down the hallway. Mm. And if I had my druthers, I would have spent a lot more time in this whole process. Um, the, the whole walking down and seeing him and standing there. And yes. it, it was it could have been... It could have been out of control amazing but they did a good job regardless they really did a good job and seeing her in the hallway where it's all dark and she's just walking down this candlelit way this is where oh. marzi almas does a really good job right yes and um your boy jimmy your boy jimmy Stephen bonnet Stephen bonnet ed spoliers so good he's so this, good and this is the exact reason why they're not killing this guy off this is the exact reason why they need him to stick around his I, I, I have fawned all over Ed Spillers this entire season. Do you agree with me that he is the best thing to happen to season four? No. Really? <laughs> wow. Okay, well then what do you think is the best season thing to happen to season four other than other than your boy Jimmy? I don't know. 
There's so many things. I love season four. I can't pick yet. You have to ask me after the finale. Uh, would you even... at least put them in top top three? Um, maybe top five. I'll give you top five for sure. <laughs> I'll give you top five. He has provided a driving force, I think, for uh, an antagonist in this in this uh, season that Outlander has sorely missed. And the guy's acting is incredible. And it's incredible, yes, because his facial expressions and whatever, and the way he moves, the way he, his confidence, but he can turn on an absolute dime, just like that. Yep. He went from being this careless guy, like, oh, there's going to be a piece of me that you remember forever, huh? And then all of a sudden, <sighs> Sophie Skelton friggin' kills it in this performance when she says, you're going to be forgotten. She nailed it. And not only that, but it seems to turn Stephen Bonnet. It seems to affect him. It seems to um, make him rethink his way. So when he reaches in his mouth and mm-hmm. gets that gem or the ruby and gives it to her and says, take this for him. I believe it. How did he not have a speech impediment with a, ru- with a <laughs> ruby of that size? I mean, goodness gracious. Maybe I he has, have, maybe I has a, a missing tooth and that's why. If I had a tic-tac in my mouth, you'd know. <laughs> um but I, I, I loved that whole portion. Uh, I, I loved the whole planning with Marsali and, and and Fergus and trying to get all the guys out and you, seeing your boy uh, uh, Brian from the pub with his hat. Brian from the pub. <laughs> he's ready to be. He's ready for action, man. I love Brian. He the the whole thing. I, I felt this whole thing with Lord John and uh, Stephen Bonnet and. Everything they were trying to do with the whole breakout, I really liked. And having Murtaugh be in there and having his guys come in to rescue him, it all makes sense. And now we even have this idea that Margus are going to go live with Jamie and Claire on the ridge, like we predicted. I do. I will say Murtaugh's one job was supposed to get Bonnet. So part of me is like, wouldn't Murtaugh have been like, can we just get him and put him in a bag? So that way I can take him back to Jamie. I mean, I know he's breaking out and everything, but I feel like Murta would have had a little bit more, hey, we were supposed to get Bonnet for Jamie. Right. And now we've just like knocked out all the people and there's no guards. <laughs> what are we doing? I mean, I guess he was forgetting because he was about to be hung. <laughs> it's kind of a big deal. So we're, of course, going to take a moment to tell you about today's sponsor, Castle Massey. It's America's original apothecary company, first established in Newport, Rhode Island in 1752. All of Castle Massey's products are free of sulfates, phthalates, artificial additives. They're cruelty-free and are proudly made right in America. And in addition to Castle Massey's line of fragrances, they offer a beautiful line of floral bath waters. These floral waters are great, used as light fragrances, super healthy facial toners, or as a light fragrant water for linens or lingerie. Mary's all about the the facial toner life. Oh my gosh. Guys, I... Love the rose water love here. Love the rose water. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Well, the Castle Massey gave away the rose water at their installation at Comic Con, and it was a huge hit. And in fact, that's when we got to try their rose water. I love it because it makes my skin feel great. It smells lovely. And if you don't love rose water, the jasmine water and lavender water, they're just as beautiful. Or more likely, if you can't decide which one to choose, you can get a bathwater sampler kit, which comes with all three bathwaters plus a sweet almond oil, which is great for mixing and moisturizing. Can you tell I'm drooling? And now, as a special offer, just for OutlanderCast fans, you can get these Flora Waters 30% off when you enter the code OutlanderCast at checkout. Don't forget, more information on all these products, promotions, follow Castle Massey on social media at Caswell Massey. Oh my God, all the oil porn. Hmm. All the rose water porn. Give it to me. <laughs> Mary's sweating right now thinking about it. Give it to me. <laughs> so, as much as I loved those things, I think one of the things that really confused me is the whole situation with Roger and the, the father Alexandra and, and Johiron and what we're supposed to get out of it. Um, I'm confused and I, and I want to get your opinion on this, Mary. Okay. I'm, I'm confused because like, listen, is it shot very well? 
absolutely. I mean, if you put anything in slow motion and you you people crying and holding babies and fire oh. and and slapping adagio for strings on it, oh my god, it's right? gonna be sad. And it was sad. And it, it was and, so sad. And it's like, oh my god, like it it was a very emotional part of I'm this episode. I'm gonna start crying now. But I mean, we're spending a lot of time with people that we haven't met before, and we're supposed to be sad for them and they're supposed to inform roger but i don't know if they do because and this is why i'm saying this roger actually shows really great growth as a character Mm -hmm. it may not be the best growth it may not be the most positive growth but it's real growth what we played at the beginning of this episode i have changed Mm -hmm. i'm sticking out for number one rick rankin's performance in this whole monologue probably my favorite of all season he is fracking incredible yes i believe him I understand him. I'm so happy he gave me his fish pin. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> that effing guy. <laughs> Rick, if you're listening, stay away from my Stop. wife. Stop. <laughs> Mary actually had an encounter with Rick Rank and she gave he gave her a pin. I wasn't there. It's okay. It's, it's fine. Okay. It's fine. We had a moment. <laughs> but I, I Oh man. Oh man. But I love the fact that he sees the absurdity of everything that he's does, everything that he's done, and it pushes him over the edge. And while I think that the writers want us to be think that he's a hopeless romantic and that he is a hopeless romantic at heart, mm-hmm. you know, Bree never asked him to come through time. He, she never asked him to do any of this mm-hmm. stuff. And he's talking about it like I did all these grand things and I loved this girl, yet. You abandoned her, not once, but twice, bro. You abandoned her. And now I'm supposed to feel bad because you're stuck in this in this little hut because you made poor idiot choices. No, that, that you, you didn't end no, up in this hut. he's learned home. from it. No, no, he learned in that he mo- he's moving on to being number one. Yes. I totally agree. And well, so you think. Exactly my point. <laughs> exactly my point. Point. All that growth is gone once he decides to head back to the Mohawk tribe after escaping because he 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 hears Father Alexander dying. Now, here's the thing. If it had been motivated by the actual act of love, the one that he's referring to, that's why he's an idiot because he loved someone, then there there's there's a distinct change there that makes sense but he doesn't go back to father alexander because he loves him he goes back because he feels bad mm-hmm. that's not that's not forcing change for the sake of love it's not being hopelessly in love that turned him back if it was it would have made sense he goes back because he feels compelled out of being something and I don't know what it is. I mean, there's an argument that because he doesn't take care of number one, like he establishes earlier in the story, that he goes back. But again, it was a, his his taking care of number one was a response to loving Brianna, not because he's devoid of emotion. And here's another thing too, Johan. She goes into the fire. Yes. Nothing to me screams that she would ever do that from this episode. Yes, she she loves. Uh, Father Alexander, but she abandons her baby. Well, I think, I think you're supposed to gather that their love was so deep. Like for Father Father Alexander, well, his love was more for God, right? And this is what I'm saying. This this is why it's confusing because I don't know what we're supposed to get out of it. Is it a parallel with Bree, like an opposite parallel? Like maybe um, she abandons the baby and Bree keeps the baby. It maybe uh, Roger makes the right choices, every, like you know, when he's doing the, the right by humanity, mm-hmm. whereas um, uh, Stephen Bonnet makes continual poor choices. But yet again, we have this other thing where Stephen Bonnet becomes a human and gives Bree the jewel or or the ruby and gives it to her and says, "Take this and use this for your kid." That's the right choice. So what are we what are we trying to say here? I just. Bree says, I'm going to raise this child so it doesn't know its father. It's going to know me. It's going to have all the great things about me. Yet Johion says, I'm going to abandon my child and it will know neither its father or its mother. It just, it doesn't make sense. And the whole idea of Roger choosing to be, take care of, number one, it's... (laughs) 
it's taken away by the fact that he goes back to save Father Alexander. If it was Bree that was burning on the fire and he came back and saved her, total sense. I get it. Yeah. I think he went back because that's what the plot needs. They, we need a rescue attempt from Jamie and Claire. And that's what it needs. And, and just on, on a character level, I'm just confused by it. Well, I think, you know, the whole Father, Father Alexander love situation and burning and, you know, sticking by each other, it is supposed to be kind of a mirror and, and a, it, we need it for Roger's growth. We need it for Roger's character, for him to be able to talk all of this through and say, holy crap, I have done this so many times and I have been burned. I've got nothing but hurt mm-hmm. following this girl into fire pretty much you know what i mean through sure. time you know he doesn't say all this out loud but i mean he does actually say i've traveled you know <laughs> yeah. through time all these things um and, the, and the, that is romantic like to travel through time and do all that stuff and to go after the girl of his dreams i mean th- i think that this was to show you roger has learned about himself he did some great self-talk some self-therapy figured out man bad things have happened because i've made bad choices and you know but I'd do it again. I think like him going back to the Mohawks was to say like, I would do anything for love. <laughs> That's what I felt like it was. I mean, on the flip side, I get you from a 13 episode standpoint. You know, why did we give so much emotional weight to this burning couple that we're never going to see again and we never saw before? And it's supposed to be like the most poignant part of, I mean, the most right. poignant music out of the entire season. I get it. Like I felt but- bad. But I, I didn't feel that bad. I didn't know these people. I mean, yeah, it, it was it was sad. But like, you know, like they, they were there just specifically to teach Roger a lesson. Yeah. And I'm not even sure if that lesson makes sense. I, I just don't know. I mean, I take it as, you know, sometimes you follow your love and doesn't get you anywhere. It just gets you hurt. So, yeah, that's how I took it. But I agree that. It's kind of like, wow, that was really sad and crazy. But like, now what? Now what? Yeah, and and <laughs> so yeah. All right. Well, okay. I, I think that I think that's that, that's pretty much everything I had to say about that. But but Rick Rankin. But Rick Rankin. Holy. Regardless smokes. of whatever the writing says, his acting was unbelievable, and I really, really hope they give this guy more. I remember um, somebody, I think it was Kirsten Lang on the last listener feedback episode that said, or maybe it was Kathy. Anyway, they said, I don't know how Sam holds buckets of water in his eyes when he's crying, but Rick Rankin absolutely did the same exact thing. And I was so, this is, this is a great coming out moment for him mm-hmm. uh, in this season. All right. Are you ready for the Outlander cast staff thought that I am of the week? All right, let's, uh, let's get it done. This one comes to you by the way of Marlo. Her last staff thought of the week was incredible. She saved us last week, so she <laughs> she gets to do it again. Milo, take it away. Hi, Outlander cast. It's Marlo Jones. All I could think as this episode unfolded was redemption for Karen Campbell. All is forgiven, Karen, for your previous episodes, because this may just be my favorite episode of the season. And for sure, one of my top five all-time favorite Outlander episodes. I'm going to start with David Barry. That man illuminates every scene he is in and shows us time after time that he is the consummate actor. Sophie Skelton and Barry have great chemistry, but it's Barry's flawless acting skills that elevate Skelton's performance in their scenes. No Jamie and Claire this episode, but we did get a good look into Marsley and Fergus's relationship. The fierceness of Marsley and the cleverness of Fergus were evident as they came together to break Murta out of prison. Those young lovebirds are heading towards Fraser's Ridge, and this fan wants them to get more screen time. In prison, Stephen Bonnet chained to that wall was as maniacal as ever. Oozing charm and madness all at the same time, he gave me the creeps. Brianna's mother tiger instincts came to the surface when she lashed out at Bonnet, telling him the child would never know about him. The pinnacle of this episode was the stellar performance of Richard Rankin. All the subtle shifts in Rankin's expression, every bulge of his eyes were perfectly nuanced. I knew exactly what Roger was feeling. The tension and emotion were palpable as Roger sat in the hut with the doomed father Alexandre who, by the way, was so compelling in the short amount of time we had with him. 
The setup with the father gave the viewers that missing piece of the puzzle. We finally learned what transpired at the stone circle at the end of episode 410. As the scene progressed with the father, I was shocked when Roger proclaimed he was a changed man only looking out for himself. But then the wee idiot came through, turning around after escaping the hut, charging back to the Mohawk village to mercifully end the father Alexandre's suffering. I knew then that Roger wasn't out for number one, no matter how hard he tried to convince himself. The director and the showrunner made a powerful choice with the apropos Agnes Dei, the Lamb of God, playing over that final slow motion scene with the no audible dialogue. As Johan stepped into the fire and Kahiratan watched helplessly, the raw emotion on the young Mohawk Wire's face was almost too much to take. I saw his gut-wrenching loss and despair. The close-up shots of his face as he picked up the baby and sobbed broke my heart all the while that music swelled and surrounded the scene. Then the music softened and we hear audio again as Roger was taken back and he says, that's it lads, take me back to the idiot hut. And with those last words, we know that Roger has finally been redeemed. All right, Marlo, thank you so much. Thank you, Marlo. Excellent job as always. You know, maybe maybe we should just have her on every time. I don't know. Well, there's one more episode. Yeah, that's like, true. That's a, that's a valid alas. point. All right. So we're going to get your outlandish theory. Yeah, I want to let you know that this outlandish theory is brought to you by Minute with Mary. Aw, so in case you don't know, Minute with Mary is my skincare and makeup website. You can learn more by searching the hashtag Minute with Mary. I would love for you to request to join my marvelous VIP group on Facebook. Just search hashtag Minute with Mary. All right, so after Roger douses uh, the two, well, he, he douses Father Alexandra with uh, the, the whiskey or whatever that makes the flames go up uh, just to give him mercy instead of just f- burning to death slowly. <laughs> uh, there is absolutely no way after Johan goes and, and walks into the fire herself, by the way. which was... So, uh, I can't even right. hit and did you notice actually. that? Did you notice that there was, it, that between the two of them, it was the shape of a heart? No, within the stop, fire. Oh yeah, stop. it was a shape of a heart within again. the fire. Uh, a nice, nice little touch there. Um, there is no way Roger becomes part of this tribe. I thought he was going to go through the spanking line and become part of the tribe. I don't think that's going to happen now. Now because he's done the whiskey thing. He's done the whiskey thing. He's he's killed one of their members essentially. That's why they're they're, they're going to take it essentially. Even though it was kind of their own doing. Um. You know they're they're separating these two people. They're, whatever they they're gonna look at it like it's Roger's fault. Here's the thing: I know that Ian and Jamie and Claire are going to mount a rescue. It's absolutely going to happen. This is where it's coming to a close. Um, but I don't think they're gonna be successful. In fact, I think they're gonna get caught too, and there's gonna be a huge problem. Like there's gonna be a big issue between the Mohawk, Jamie and Claire, Ian and Roger. Uh, maybe they do something that that will make Mohawk mad. I'm not sure, but because Johan has died, Ian, like they like I've said before, is going to give himself up as payment. Remember, he was so quick to just say, "I'll marry you, Bree." I think he's going to say, "I like the 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 um, American Indians. I like the whole culture. I've been spending a lot of time with you." He's going to give himself up to pay for Roger's release Aww. and also to take the place of Johion, uh, uh, so that they feel like, okay, we lost somebody, but we got somebody in return. And instead of Roger going through the spank line, it's going to be Ian and Ian will be able to get through it and he'll become one of their tribe. And that will be the last thing we'll ever see. It'll be the final big by Ian moment. That'll be that. <laughs> <laughs> I hate your theory. Why do you hate my theory? I think it's a good theory. I don't know. It's a little out there. Okay. It's a little out there. I'll give you an interesting. Oh, I like it. I like it. Chuck, what do you got? Mock me. Please hang up and try again. All right. Guys, thank you. We have one more episode to tackle. All this right, is let's, crazy. Let's close it out. Dinner 
slash Asinox. We have one more episode, the finale episode, and we still have our listener feedback episode coming out this week. So there's lots of OutlanderCast in your future. Always be sure to head on over to OutlanderCast.com because in addition to the podcasts, we have a phenomenal staff of bloggers who are going to keep content going through the rest of the season and Droughtlander and beyond. So a huge shout out to all of the OutlanderCast staff. We are so thankful for all that you do. We also want to thank all of our patrons, our OutlanderCastClan.com members. Thank you for making OutlanderCast possible. Remember, we are going to keep going during Droughtlander and continue to have giveaways and after-doc podcast episodes. So if you're not yet a member of the OutlanderCast Clan, now's a great time to join. We want to thank our associate producers, Angie, Carolyn, Celine, Cheryl, Dawn, Diane, Heather, Jennifer, Larissa, Lauren, Linda, Marilyn, Mary, Michelle, Patricia, Siobhan, Summer, as well as our co Co-producers, Barbara, Carolyn, Christina, Dana, Dieta, Janet, Jenny, Keelan, Kirsty, Lisa, Liz, Marianne, Meredith, Raynal, Rita, Sharon, Sue, Tara, Tina, and last but not least, our executive producers, Anne, Bobby, Jen, Katie, Martha, Peg, and Sarah. Thank you guys so much. And they do everything they can to help propel OutlanderCast and make it the, the best possible outlet that it can. And another great thing that you can do if you're not a patron at, over at OutlanderCastClan.com is you can actually give us a review on iTunes or any podcatcher of your choice or even on Facebook. We would greatly appreciate it. For example, Sunshine3434 in iTunes said, Great podcast for Outlander viewers. I love listening to Mary and Blake. Their discussions after each episode has aired so much fun. To hear Blake and his Outlanders theories are great and I sometimes have to laugh at those theories and I love hearing Mary's interestings every single episode <laughs> well thank you so much Sunshine 3434 and thank you to everybody else Blake what was our goal that we wanted by the finale we wanted 575 we are up to 572 reviews so if you all could take a moment and write a review okay it's a difference between just giving the stars and taking a moment just to write a couple sentences yep. but we are hoping to get up to 575 iTunes reviews by Sunday and remember if we get it we're getting we're in line to give out a free shirt to one That's of right. So, so thank you for those choice. of you who have submitted your um, review. We've been reading it and we're very excited, of course, for the finale. So if you are not able to come to Newport, Rhode Island for the Outlander Cast finale party, please make sure to tune in to the Outlander Cast clan gathering at your leisure because we will be doing some live, you know, checking in so that you get to feel like you're part of the party. Even if you're across the world and you're not able to be there, Dinner Fash, we're going to be bringing you some wonderful live videos, keeping you in the party theme ourselves including the podcast itself that's so right i'm very excited about that i think that's it marvin for now i'm mary my name is blake and you've been listening to outlander cast 